0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. We have a great show for you today. We are going to go over where the Chiefs go from here and putting 55 behind them and looking at Super Bowl 56. Matt Derrick's here with me today. And unlike doing our normal thing, we're going to go through... Our whole conversation, which was quite lengthy, we're following up a show yesterday that if you missed it, you should go back and listen to as we mark the passing of Therese Paler, who was just with us last week, uh, and his impact on the media scene that covers this team. Uh, very influential person and uh, really would like for everyone to get a listen to that. That said, a uh, bit of Chiefs news. Britt Reid has been put on administrative leave. That is an ongoing situation when we know more, we'll have more for you. And right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks are celebrating their Super Bowl victory over the Chiefs. And there's a lot of commentary coming out of there that I think the Chiefs are going to pay attention to. We'll have more on that tomorrow when Chris rejoins me. But for now, let's get with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com and go over everything they got to do next. You thought you got away from me, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, but no, I reeled you back in because... You can't go away. We have things to discuss. There are things to get done for this team. How are you? Every time I
1: think I'm out, you pull <laughs> me back in.
0: I knew you were going to get somewhere around there. Start calling me Fredo. <laughs> all right. Um, it, It's funny because like you feel this sense of relief that uh, we've all been grinding through this whole season. The back-to-back seasons like, kind of shorten things. I think, honestly, COVID made covering this team a little bit more difficult, particularly for you, but definitely for me as well. And so now it's like, oh, take a breath. And then you realize, like, this might be the biggest challenge they've had in the last five seasons in terms of roster building and what
1: they're able to
0: do. There's
1: a lot to get done, isn't there? There is. I mean, it's going to be... You're right. It's going to be a different challenge because, you know, your, your team that just went to the Super Bowl. So on the one hand, you shouldn't have a whole lot of needs on one side. You're probably going to look at the Super Bowl and have a tendency to maybe overreact and think that you need to do certain things. And then you've got the complications with everything else that's going on. I mean, you've got a salary cap that's in flux. That's not going up as fast as you thought it would two years ago. Um, You've got some new realities to kind of work around. There's always things that happen with injuries and guys getting older, guys getting better, guys getting worse. You never know how to deal with. And so, yeah, I mean, you've got all of those things and, you know, and, and I get that, you know, there's always disappointment when you end the season with a loss. There's 31 teams that are always going to be disappointed, but this team is in great shape for the future. I mean, it's not like you're talking about some sort of total rebuild here. You're talking about how do you add one or two pieces that you think is going to help you get over the hump and win that big game at the end. Especially like in the impact positions, Right.
0: Like there's there's a lot. I mean, there's over 20 free agents here on this list. Some of them are restricted, right? So you figure you can make some tenders and have a, a pretty good chance of getting them back for like for some of the guys that are going to have to be tendered, like, say, a Chavarious Ward. How attractive do you think he is around the league for somebody trying to come get a piece of a Super
1: Bowl player? Yeah, I mean, it's that's interesting. It's a, it, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, I, I, I Travers is a guy that the Chiefs would love to keep around. I think the biggest question, for, you know, surrounding a guy like that is, you know, has he shown you enough to make a long term commitment? Now, I mean, has has he sealed the deal enough for you to say that you want him? You know, beyond just twenty twenty one. You know, with a guy like that, you can keep his rights. I mean, that's not any problem. But if you're if you if you got to make the decision now, because if Travers Ward's a guy that you think you want to you want to keep around. You need to sign him now. If not, if he goes out and has a great year next year, then there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be wanting to pay him. And then he might be saying, you know what? Time to just listen and see what we see what's out there. So, you know, you got you got a lot of those decisions that you've got to be able to make on guys. Um, he's probably you know one of the top guys as far as, you know, the restricted guys that, you know, you need to make a make a decision on. Um, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, with a lot of the the unrestricted guys, I mean, there's a lot of decisions to make. And some of them are going to be back and some of them aren't. And, and the thing is, is that I'm not sure that anybody has a really good grasp yet of what the free agent market is going to look like. So, you know, I, it could go a lot of different ways. I, I think it's this is going to be the hardest free agent market to make any predictions or guesses on Um, because we just don't know. I mean, we don't know how willing teams are going to be able to spend money. What positions are going to be in demand? I mean, it could go a lot of different ways.
0: Well, and as we look right now, we know that this week the, the coaching staff is doing their evaluations postseason as they do every year to say, this is where I feel this guy is at. Now, the personnel department will do the same thing. They'll have to have meetings and come to some kind of decision. And for those guys that are on the free agent list, that that's just contracts that are expiring. We know that as a hard fact. There's a number of them in Kansas City. But. Do you feel like maybe there is some reevaluation that has to go on for maybe guys that are still under contract and make decisions on? Do they have to get under the cap hard enough that they have to consider making some cuts?
1: You know, we got a chance to talk to Brett Veach last week about it. And, you know, and the reality of it is, is that he he was actually feeling pretty good about where things are. Um, you know, we knew that there was going to be the one hundred seventy five million dollar floor. It looks like the salary cap is going to be higher than that you know, he was really feeling that if the cap is, you know, 181 and above, that they're going to be in a decent position, you know, and, and because they've got some contracts, con- contracts that they can work around. I mean, they've got some deals that they can always renegotiate, you can cap out, you can move money around. So that's not a concern. I mean, you know, really just the, the big concern for the Chiefs was just simply that if it was below a certain threshold, it was closer to that 175 number, then yeah, they were really going to have to make some things work. And, you know, and, and we talk about the free agent market and they're, you know, not really knowing what it's going to be like, you know, I very rare, I don't expect the Chiefs to be in a position to be able to go out and add like a $14 million player. I think that's going to be tough. Now, Brett Veach always figures out a way to work around the salary cap. So if there's a guy out there that he thinks worth paying that much, I'm sure he'll find the way. Um, but that's not the expectation. But the great thing for the Chiefs is two things. One is that the the finite amount of money to go around means that contracts are going to come down in value. And two, guys who want to come play here. So, you know, there's a distinct chance that there's going to be some free agents that maybe the Chiefs can get to. Maybe they can land because there's guys who would, maybe will be willing to pay, take less to come play in Kansas City than they would be in other cities.
0: Now, it's one thing to be able to land those guys. It's another thing to manage that gap. We got to talk about cost. We're going to do that coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brand specifications at prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Pikowski and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I like your perspective because I remember 177 as a magic number that they were able to bounce back from. But it's it's the volume of work that I think is the challenge a lot of times. And I think the other interesting thing is if you have anything that you are going to be like on the inside scoop for, if this market does remain what I what I'm going to call depressed at 181, even, um, I think it gives you a little bit of negotiating power with with agents so like. If you want your free agents back, I think this might be the best year to get that done.
1: It it, it could be, um, you know, and it's going to be really it's going to be tough for for certain guys. Um, you know, Bashad Breeland kind of fits in that category. You know, this is a guy that's at a certain point of his career um, where he was by this point absolutely hoping to have had a long term deal. But now he's getting to a point where it's going to be more and more difficult. So for him. So is that a guy that you can get back because maybe he wants to, you know, maybe be sure he stays in a system where he's successful and, but it's not going to cost you an arm and leg to be able to keep him. Um, and, you know, and, and obviously the chiefs are going to have the advantage of being able to, to bring in free agents too, that just want to play here. So, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think it's definitely at least an opportunity for them with the guy, their own guys to be able to say and plead, you know, Hey, there's only so much money to go around. Um, you know, because last year I think maybe they did, maybe they did lose some guys who were like, Hey, you know, like to stick around, but we need more money. Now, when the Chiefs, you know, plead poorness, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna, it, it actually will be a little bit more true this year. Well, it,
0: and from the couple of things that I've heard so far at this point, which was actually before the Super Bowl and everything for teams that are already out of it, I don't think even if the this was, you know, a conversation before the Super Bowl, even with a loss. I don't think it diminishes any desire for other particularly offensive players to want to play with Patrick Mahomes. Do you think that the Super Bowl did that?
1: No, I don't think it diminishes either side of the football. I mean, I think that Patrick Mahomes is still the lure and and he, and Patrick Mahomes did not diminish his luster at all. There's probably even going to be, you know, guys on the offensive side was like, hey, if Patrick had me, you wouldn't he would have been OK. You know, he, he, I'm the I'm the guy that he's missing. I'm the guy that can come in and help him out. So, yeah, I think it's going to help. But, I mean, but you're going to see on the offensive the def- side, too, going forward. I mean, you're going to see free agents who, especially guys who are ring shopping, who are going to be like, the Chiefs are still going to be the team. I mean, remember, Chiefs are still the odds on favor to win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So, you know, that's that's I don't think that any shine is off of it. And if anything, you know maybe it actually does help in the sense that there's going to be some guys who are like, okay, maybe I can go there. I can get a job. I can make them better.
0: I think that that's certainly it. I, I like the idea. And I think I'll have to ask you another time about a specific free agent or two, because I think there are a couple people already rumored to be out there that will be searching for that ring. It is down to the last moments. And you know, the chief's kingdom is going to come screaming for him. So we'll address that maybe next week or something. I don't know, but, and I look in particular at a number of guys. I want your take specifically, given his inability to perform and be back and ready. what's your take on where Sammy Watkins is with this team?
1: yeah, i mean i I don't think that i haven't I, at least I have not gotten a sense that the injury problems this year has necessarily diminished any of the the like that the chiefs have for Sammy Watkins. Uh, I think it's still probably a situation where At the right price, the Chiefs would absolutely be interested in having Sammy Watkins back. Um, They like him. I mean, you know, for all his quirks and everything, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they like him. Uh, They think he's a talented guy, and when he's healthy, he's proven that he can help this team. And I don't think that you know the maybe the the public fan perception that you know he's injury prone. There's just not enough there, not enough production. That's not with that's not how he's viewed within the organization. I mean, they've seen how hard he works. They know that. The injuries are not, a, you know, an issue of, of anything other than bad luck. I mean, that's how they, they see it. I mean, I don't think it is a lack of, of hard work or preparation or taking care of his body or anything like that. Um, so, but I think that what this season has to tell them is that as much as they like Sammy Watkins, they've got to have another Sammy Watkins type. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't just go into another season, depending on Sammy Watkins, to be the guy that's going to work in the middle of the field, do some of the dirty stuff, you know, do some blocking, do some picking, that kind of thing they need another Sammy Watkins-esque receiver because that's the one, you know, number two receiver that they just don't have right now.
0: And I think that for all for all that Byron Pringle does, and I, I hope that he gets a better opportunity to to get on the field next season, I think he's earned it at this point. At what level, I would say, would be what I would ask you, is how, how do you feel about what is the right number for Sammy Watkins to
1: come back? I mean for what the chiefs can afford and bring him back at. I mean, I'd probably be looking at no more than maybe 4.4 4 to 5. I mean, and that, and, that probably, and that's, that would be the high end for me. So, I mean, but that's, that's taking the reality is the, you know, just where the market is right now. You're lo- probably looking at a one year deal, mm-hmm. you know, so it could certainly be in that three to 4 million range with a lot of incentives. You know, Sammy was willing to bet on himself this year. He might be willing to bet on himself next year. And I still think the Chiefs are probably more willing to give him guaranteed money than another team would. Because, I th- I mean, I think there'll be some interest out there. You know, I think there'll certainly be some teams that are interested in, in Sammy Watkins. But I think they're going wanting to be wanting that veteran minimum, a lot of incentives type deal for Sammy than the Chiefs would. I mean, I think the Chiefs, like I said, I think they'd be willing to pay more guaranteed for one year. And, and they might even be interested in making, you know, making a long-term deal. But right now, I mean, I don't know if the realities of the market are in Sammy's favor because I just don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of money for teams to throw around this year.
0: You and I are in lockstep. He went down from, what, 14.7 against the cap the year before, came back on a one-year of, what, one and eight total. So a total of nine, eight guaranteed. So cutting that in half yet again, I think that's exactly what I was thinking. I think that's not only doable, but I think um, something that, again, bolsters your whole group at the wide receiver position. I think he and Bashad Breland, in particular kind of make that for me in that you got to have somebody with experience. You got to have an elder statesman at the position group in the rooms and the meetings. Uh, And both of those groups are are fairly young without them. So I want to take a a quick look at what I think is an opportunity and see if you see it the same way I do right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Lock on Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going over everything you need to know. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. So I think lost in in the despair for the kingdom at this loss and all the things that they have to to get done in in terms of the front office, I'm trying to take like a 60,000 foot view. The other opportunity that I see, and you know these guys probably better than any beat reporter out there. There are a number, and I mean a large number of free agents on that offensive line. Ryder, Kilgore, both the centers. Osemely, obviously, with a huge injury, but then Remmers and Wiley, the guy a played tackle in the Super Bowl when everybody else was already gone. We'll talk about Fish and, and Schwartz some other time. All those guys are free agents, and they have a lot of experience. All of them have broken down at some point or left you a little bit wanting for their performance. You can make arguments for a couple of them, uh, including Wiley and probably Assembly if he were actually healed, but I'm not counting my, my chickens there. If you do let those guys go, I see the opportunity here as you have the ability to get younger and more athletic at an offensive line group in, a, in bulk, in one go right now with either draft picks or guys with limited experience that will be cheap, and try to build that up all at once into what is a whole new line for Patrick Mahomes do what he does maybe a little bit better than this line has been able to do for him. Do you, does that make any sense or is that just crazy?
1: No, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I and I think that, frankly, I think it's the discussion that's going on over one arrowhead head drive. I mean, I think there's some discussion about what the best offensive line for Patrick Mahomes looks like going forward. Um, you know, because as we, we've talked about it before, I mean, the Chiefs have generally gone with a at an, an awful, uh, th- uh, offensive line that's long on length and athleticism, that can do their outside zone stuff, that can get down and block in the screen games, can move around, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, they need, they, maybe they need more of the of Simile types, you know, the the Maulers, the guys that will just, you know, eat up space, who can, you can really eat up some pass rushes, you know, and make it more difficult and, and block from a home, because so, that's the one thing that this offensive line, just hasn't been able to do is just mano a mano go out there and maul people and pass rush so you could certainly see them making a move in that direction and you know i think there's you know all those guys that you listed i mean there's guys chiefs would like to have back that doesn't mean that it's exclusive that you know that they're going to bring those guys back and nobody else in i mean i i think that they're going to do a mix of that and some of it may be you know what's out there you know you're i'm sure in a week or two we might be talking about Potential free agents and guys who are out there and available, and maybe there's going to be somebody one of those positions that makes more sense for them, and and so maybe they do walk away. But you know, to me, and this is where you know the, the Fisher and the Schwartzes will come into the conversation, is that no no Super Bowl team, especially, wants to go into next season with five new guys in the offensive line. I mean, you you want to have some continuity there. Mm-hmm. So it's not I don't think it's going to be a radical turnover. I mean, I think that the Chiefs are going to have, you know, some guys back, but I definitely think that there is an inclination that they would need to. And I, I believe that they're they're having these very discussions about how they change the style of that offensive line and maybe start looking at players who have a different skill set.
0: To that end, I talked about it on the channel and I termed it like this anchor points. Because you're right, five wholesale changes, uh, and you got to count that Eric Fisher is not going to play till midseason at the very earliest, in my opinion. So, like, you have to have an anchor point, but it doesn't necessarily need to be guy at the middle. I think these centers have served their time, and I think they they need to move on. I would like them to see not necessarily power at the guard spot, but I think the center spot, a nasty get off the ball, be able to move guys with leverage, is something I think they can certainly benefit from, and still allows them to keep their guards more athletic. Do you think that that kind of mixing of of mannerisms could work?
1: Yeah, you know, it it could, because especially, you know, you talk about getting younger and, you know, and and it kind of sneaks up. I mean, Austin Ryder's going to be 30 next year. I mean, he's been around for a little while, so that could certainly make sense. I mean, a guy like Wiley is still pretty young, Mm -hmm. relatively speaking. I mean, even though he's getting a little bit more experience. But, um, yeah, you know, I think you're right. I mean, there's there's certainly that's probably a position that the Chiefs feel like they could get younger and maybe get a little bit different style. And you're right. I mean, you know, the tackles are probably exactly where you're kind of thinking that they're going to be. So you kind of have to take that in consideration too, that, you know, maybe you're not going to end the season, end the season with two different tackles, but you may start next season with two different tackles. So you gotta, you know, worry about that. But that's why I think that, you know, where the style of the guys that they're looking for may change because, I think the Super Bowl, they don't want to overreact. And that's one thing that this team wants to do is they want to sit back and they're doing their evaluations of players now and they're doing their coaching evaluations and seeing, you know, who's going to be back, what's going to happen. But they want to take some time from this Super Bowl game because they don't want that one game to taint their evaluations of all those guys. So it's a catch-22. I mean, it's a, it's a delicate line to to walk. But, yeah, I mean, bottom line is that, yes, I think you are correct that, there's going to be an evaluation of this offensive line. They feel like that there is an o- an opportunity for them to get younger and better in pass protection and probably a little bit nastier too. That said,
0: whatever happens with the tackles, I think that we saw the swing towards a little bit more power oriented with Osemi. And I honestly think with Niang, figuring that he will eventually work his way into the lineup, if if there's lingering effects from Schwartzback, from Fish's injury, like they could have to maybe look at him, right? Because even though he opted out this season, you have to think that he's probably higher on the starting point as the, the floor of his performance than, say, trying to bring up a Durant or, or prop up a Rankin or something like that. How, how do you feel about those three tackles in particular?
1: Yeah, I think I think Niang is going to be really interesting because just because we haven't seen him. So, you know, we don't know where he's at. Um, hey, be realistic. I mean, the Chiefs certainly gave him a mission with him opting out about, you know, how to stay in shape, how to work out. You know, so it's not like he's going to be coming in and he's been away from football for a year. I mean, he will have done ways things to take care of himself and to get himself ready for this season. Um, you know, the tougher thing is going to be, you know, I mean... You know, it's just I think it's going to be still, you know, are are those guys tackles, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, to a degree, you know, with Niang. I mean, it was certainly was implication that maybe he starts inside and then becomes a guy who can kick outside eventually. Is that still a possibility or, you know, is do they really feel like he can come in and be a tackle immediately? And, you know, and we've been around this, you know, a couple of years now that the Chiefs have kind of been in love with guys who, you know, that. Maybe they profile as tackles, but nobody else profiles as tackles. Yep. You know the the Martinez Rankins, the the Cam Irvings, you know that have played and, and given them really good play at guard. But the Chiefs, in their heart of hearts, believe are tackles. And you know, I it's, that's I think going to be one of the more, more interesting positions because that's a position that's going to have to be really really deep next year. Because like you like we've said, I mean, I think they're going to have to have three or four guys that can play. Yeah. And I mean, not just, you know, fill in, I mean, the guys that can start and because, they at, you know, no knock against, you know, Rimmers and, and Wiley because they're professional linemen. and They're really good at what they do, but they were being asked to do something that was not in their, their wheelhouse. And they need three or four guys for whom that is in their wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. Beyond the capabilities, I called it. And here's the thing for me is you're looking at having to carry one or two, maybe starting tackles in Fisher and Swartz however long that you have to carry them, whether it's on IR or elsewhere. And that precipitates having what? We can't go into a season where they carry eight. They got to have nine offensive linemen. They got to be able to play, like you said, from the get-go, all of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always, hey, there's always little things you can you know play with roster-wise and everything, especially for when we talk, you know, mentioning Fisher. Yeah, that is a guy that I, like you, I don't expect it's probably going to be starting the season on the field. So maybe he's a pup guy, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to need to hit the ground running and, you know, the question, I I mean, clearly look at it right now is that if you were to take Fisher and Schwartz out of the equation and, and Schwartz is more of a question mark, and we'll talk of plenty of time to talk about that later on too. But, you know, do you have two guys right now on this roster that, you know, you feel are ready to start week one? I mean, who would they be right now? Pretty good chance. I mean, that if, if you just went by what they have on the roster right now, who are signed, you know what? Brinkin and Yang are probably sure. your two best guys right now. Yeah, so, probably. you know, that's why you. I think they're going to certainly have to look at you know bringing some guys back, but they're also going to have to look outside the organization and just see what they need. Yeah.
0: Luckily, the offensive line class is pretty deep in this draft, from what I've seen to this point, and I'm just starting to work them up, but. Last thing, just to make sure that I'm rock solid on this. This is the top priority, right? This is what they must do. Job number one for Patrick
1: going forward or for this team. That is an interesting question because I, I think it's I think it's probably always going to be one A and one B, and sometimes one A and one B are going to flip around because the Chiefs are never going to leave Patrick Mahomes without weapons. Mm-hmm. So you know, they're still going to look for free agents. They're still going to invest draft choices in receivers because they will just, they never want to leave him in a spot where he's got subpar receivers because their philosophy on it is, you know, you know, I've, I've heard it been said before. And I think even, you know, uh, guys that work with Brett Favre would say, have said this and Aaron Rodgers have said this, that those are the kind of guys that make good receivers, great and make great receivers, hall of famers. Well, You know, the Chiefs don't want to be in a position where they're forcing Patrick Mahomes to make good receivers look great. They want to put great receivers around him that he can win Super Bowls with. So they're never going to skimp out. So, yeah, they know that they need to get better on the offensive line and they want to protect their investment. But, you know, either or, Brett Veach will never be able to make that decision. I mean, it's always going to be both. (laughs) Right. Okay. fair enough. I know what I would
0: do, but thank you for setting me straight on them. And thank you for being with us as always. Of course,
1: Ryan. Thank you.
0: Folks, check out everything on ChiefsDigest.com. Even some of my stuff that you'll see out there, it'll be interesting. And we will be back with Matt next week. And we'll talk about all the developments because I think there will be some. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work, rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.